Hi there, and welcome to a extra special edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans, where the content is absolutely free. Episode 76 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. It is a special edition because it is transfer deadline day, as you will know. So we're going to have a wee look at everything that's happening uh, on the ins and outs front uh, with Rangers today. The podcast is live tonight on a Friday night. Hey, I'm, I'm missing Graham Norton for this. Uh, Friday night, live on the YouTube, but we will be available to download on a variety of platforms tomorrow afternoon, probably on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, all the usual places that you get us. If this is your first time listening to us, please subscribe, leave a comment. We've got over 2,000 subscribers now, so, you know, we must be doing something right. So if you're new to the party, welcome uh, and, and keep listening and get the word out there that we're here. Obviously, Friday night, a bit different. This was a bit of a talk. A very busy day today here at Jersnet Towers. We've already had a pod. Stephen Clifford and Chris Jack were doing some stuff with four lads earlier on today, uh, discussing what was happening. John McCallum's got a match preview out for tomorrow, and now, obviously, we've got this. So we've been running about uh, like the proverbial blue-arsed flies today. So, But it's all, it's all good. Uh, so we'll get on to the, the guest introductions. I'll start with the gaffer first, because if I don't, he'll probably sack me. Uh, it's Stuart Franklin. How are you, Stuart? Oh, very well, Colin. Thanks. Looking forward to discussing, um, hopefully, a couple of signings, last-minute signings. It's been very good at Rangers to, to wait until um, the last minute to do that. I phoned them earlier, and they says, OK, we'll, we'll wait till 10, 11 o'clock and let you guys get the uh, the breaking news. The breaking news, that's it. I, I, was, I, I was crossing my mind today, I thought. I, I was listening to uh, an old... Uh, show, remember when Noel Edmonds was the breakfast show host on BBC One no, sorry, on Radio One uh, well there was a podcast about him when he was on the, the, the breakfast show all those years ago and he, he, he pranked the nation into thinking that he was travelling from Gatwick to Aberdeen when he wasn't, he was sitting in his studio just uh, with sound effects making it sound like he was in an airport and then on an aeroplane and I thought I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to prank all the listeners and make it that I'm standing outside uh, the Hummel Training Centre, but but I'm not. I'm sitting in my bedroom and my jammies quite cosy. Uh, so I was going to do that, but I thought wouldn't be very honest. Uh, so I didn't bother. Uh, so how's your day been? It's been a bit busy. It has. It's uh, um, definitely been busy. Uh, certain stuff at work for Stevie um, last minute for uh, this pod earlier, but um, always good. It's uh, it's good to get as much content out there as possible, and obviously deadline days all it's a. Uh, a day of uh, interest for for Rangers fans. So, um, so far the, we've uh, we've signed the, the young Romanian. Hopefully, um, we've got another couple coming tonight, and we'll we'll see what's happening. See what's happening. Yeah, I should give a wee shout to John McCallum's uh, match preview tomorrow for the Aberdeen game as well. That's on the site and the forums is there as well, guys. If you want to go into the forums, so what's happening on Jersnet today? Also joining us is his his overtime sheet must be. Pretty impressive because this is his second pod for today. It's Stevie Clifford. How are you, Stevie? I'm good, Colin. <clears throat> you must, evening, you must, everyone. you must be on triple time by now. Well, I would think so. I'm going to have a wee <laughs> <week> later. <laughs> good luck with that one, uh, <laughs> uh, Stuart's. You know, I think Mike Ashley and Stuart are in the same sort of category when it comes to pay and salary and all that kind of thing. But you know. That's not he, really for me to see. He pays his stars well. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, dearie me! I need to have a need to have a word with my agent and get that sorted out. Uh, so a busy day for you. You obviously done the, the the show earlier on with Chris Jack. Yeah, the show went well. It was pretty much last minute. I basically messaged as you seen, you know, saying, "Do you want to do this? Is it possible?" And we just went with it with kind of ten minutes' notice, and it was great. I mean, we've had. Quite a, a good viewing number for something that we decided to do pretty much impromptu, and it was a good wee chat with Chris as well. Chris is Chris is you know probably the most knowledgeable journalist out there when it comes to Rangers, so we're very lucky that um, not only is a good friend of mine, but he he takes an interest in four lads and the podcast and stuff. So um, everything he said pretty much 
you know, panned out that way, Camberry, Doherty, you know, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, we didn't get Vrijan from um, Burnley, but we'll discuss that a wee bit. I think, that, I think the club are pretty upset about that one, but we'll get to that one when it comes on. Okay, looking forward to that because I mean, I, I find I, I find it quite uh, frustrating today. I, I had some stuff to do in Glasgow, so I was in the Mitchell Library doing some stuff, and, and then I had a couple of errands to run. So I was trying to follow what was happening on Twitter, and it became almost impossible. You know what I mean? It was just like this is happening, or no, it's not happening, or no, this has happened. And uh, I've got to be honest, maybe it's just me being a bit older. I'm, I can't say I'm a big fan of transfer deadline day. I preferred it in the old days when if you needed a left back, you just went out and signed one and that was it. But it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, tonight, guys, I thought we would have a wee quick discussion about the game against Ross County on Wednesday. We'll just go over that first. Then we'll have a sort of chat about today's comings and goings. And obviously the, the, the window is still open. It's open till midnight tonight. So uh, there could be comings and goings as we're live on air. Uh, and then we'll have a wee look at, there's obviously been other stuff this week. There was the incident with Morelos' car. We'll have a wee sort of squint at that. And a quick preview of the game at Ibrox tomorrow against the Sheep Warriors. Uh, so, on to the Ross County game. Stuart, I'll come to you first. Uh, a fairly bang average performance, really. And I don't want to say I'm worried about things, but there certainly seems to be this trend that any time we, we have any kind of break, uh, we we don't come back well. It's, I think it's the same with international breaks, you know. So the whole performance was a bit patchy. I thought not helped. I think by some of the injuries that we have at the moment. Uh, starting eleven included Polster at right back. Obviously Ryan Jack was out. He's got a calf injury. The four had to start again, which I don't think is ideal. And I think that was shown. You know, getting so many games in quick succession, he seemed to pay the price for that with with his injury. In terms of the starting eleven, is is that showing that maybe the squad is a wee bit threadbare? In in your opinion, Stuart? Not so much the starting eleven. Obviously, the, the last couple of games we've been missing uh, Morelos and, and Tav, um, and then uh, Jack being injured as well hasn't helped. So I think it's more the sort of sixteen that's maybe been the, the problem, or that obviously the. Um, the, the 18 as it is nowadays when they have a squad we're, we're a bit like there guys like Barker and Jones um, haven't really done the business Ojo hasn't been um, really do, contributing as much as we would like lately although I thought he did okay the other night there um, so I think it was a case especially after getting beat against Hearts that fans were looking for the, the squad to be refreshed a bit um, I'm not entirely sure how keen the club were before the Hearts game to do that, but I think it's I think that defeat certainly focused the mind of the of the manager and, and probably the board as well because I think I think the fans are were, were disappointed and and clearly the injury to the foe hasn't helped either for Wednesday night. So it's good to see them act quickly and bring Janos Hadji in. I think is is that the type of player we need. We're going to talk about that later, um, and if we can bring um, one or two more in. Uh, before midnight tonight, that would be even better because obviously, I mean, Defoe's going to be out for, well, at least four weeks and then it'll be another two or three weeks before he's up to speed. So that's a better part of two months. That's going to be a lot of games he misses effectively um, taking up, up to the um, to the post uh, uh, split, you know. So uh, we, we, de we definitely need our striker. I, I mean, we've got Greg Stewart there. It's good to see him back fit and training as well. Looks like he'll be available for tomorrow. Um, so but I wouldn't be convinced with playing him up front in his own, to be honest. Um, and so I, th I think it was important with strengthen. And uh, Wednesday's performance probably only added to that. I mean, it, I, th I thought we did okay. Um, I think functional is probably the right word. We, we went out and, and did what we needed to do. I thought we, we scored at the right time. I think, I'm going to say fans were starting to panic, but there was a bit, we were getting a bit restless as we we're, were prone to do. And, um, but I mean, it was a, a fantastic goal, actually. It was really a surprise how much uh, there hasn't been very much talk about the finish with the four because it really came out of nothing. Arfield deserves a bit of credit as well for it. And um, it was just he turned on the proverbial sixpence, didn't he, and, and slammed it home. And I'm, I'm right behind that goal on the Brumont stand. And it was a fantastic uh, bit of skill and finish. And to, to get a second right after half time as well, really, uh, it, it was, was pretty good. But and I think I thought we went on to do okay after that. Um, Ross County never really caused us any problems, and I mean, most teams at Ibrox don't nowadays. That, that might be different for Aberdeen and Hibs over the next uh, 
five five days or so. Um, they're obviously two of the better sides usually, so um, we'll have to be. I think we'll have to improve on our on on our quality of play, and uh, it would be excellent if we've got um, at least uh, two new players to to help us uh, do that. Stephen, coming to you. Hello. Uh, I was just going to say, Chris has just um, messaged me. He's also tweeted out there, loan move for Florian Camberry is done. Um, right. We'll announce in the next couple of minutes, but that will be it for Rangers tonight. So, so no more ins and outs? Not tonight, um, in-wise, um, according to Chris. Um, but that doesn't mean there isn't something else in the pipeline with freebies and stuff like that. But it looks like that is that for this evening. There you go. So live and breaking on the... Uh, the Jersey Extra Special Podcast, that's it. Uh, the, the deal for uh, Camberry is done and dusted, and it's looking like there'll be no more ins and outs tonight. But we'll we'll, we'll come on and, and discuss the ins and outs of that uh, later on. Stephen, uh, Stuart there sort of made a wee comment about the, the supporters, and it was, it was something that sort of irked me on Wednesday night, I must admit. Uh, you know, they were getting frustrated now. The guy I sit next to, uh, he, he's, I think the best, the kindest way of putting it is he's quite negative. And I, I sat down on, on on Wednesday night, and he came in just as the game had sort of kicked off. He was just taking his seat, and someone tried to put through. I think it was Ryan Kent, and it just went over his head and ran right through the keeper. And that was him. He started with the oh, for here we go, and all the sort of negative and shouting, "Come on, Rangers!" And I looked up at the clock, forty-one seconds on the clock, right. And I just kind of thought, really, forty-one seconds, and that—that's that, it started already. And, and a lot of supporters are talking about the team being slow coming back since the break. I think supporters have been quite—you know—when you consider how we went into the, the winter break, you know, and the high that that victory at Celtic Park, I think the supporters have been quite flat and nervous since we've since we've came back. And I think we need to start getting behind the team a wee bit more. Uh, how do you feel in terms of the atmosphere that I was at now? Because I, I think it's been a bit off. Uh, since we've came back for the break? First of all, I didn't know we sat next to each other. Sorry about all the negativity. I'll try and do better. Were uh, you shouting at them after 41 seconds as well? No, I normally, I'm normally 20 seconds. Right. I sit next to my missus and the boys on my, my left-hand side, Daddy and Leighton, are really good boys. We've got a good wee area, so we don't have any ultra negativity around us. Um, and... Mrs. tells me to shut up if I'm shouting anyway, so I don't really say much. I'm more of a kind of sitter and watcher and I encourage every now and then. I don't think we've got a bad area where we are, um, but there is, listen, there's no no doubt about it. I think there's an anxiousness within the crowd and there's a kind of anxiety. And do you know why that is? I, I firmly believe it's been, what, eight, nine, ten years since we've properly been in a title race. And it's all right the last few years where... It's never really been there for us, but now it is. And I think everybody realises it is. So there's more to lose, which makes people a wee bit more nervous. It makes them a wee bit more on edge. And you could feel that the other night. It was actually transcending. I said it to the boys. So, And even when Defoe scored, you could feel that there wasn't the usual roar. It was more of a, a sigh of relief amongst the cheers and things like that. And I just think it's that. I just think that... Maybe we're not used to um, being in a title race, a proper title race for the big one in a while, and, and people have, have, are, are feeling it. But it works two ways as well. The, the, the players have got to lift us, and we've got to lift them. So I do think we need to do a wee bit better in the stands as much as we need to do a wee bit better on the pitch. I, I, I mean, that had crossed my mind, you know, that maybe a lot of supporters have forgotten what it feels like to be in a title race. But, if, you know, if my memory goes back to when we did challenge a lot, you know, you always had that element within the crowd that just got in the players' backs all the time. I, I, I think it's part of who we are as a support. I think we just have high expectations and, and demands on the players. But given where we are and, and given that a lot of these players haven't been over the, the course before and, you know, they're close to something pretty special, I just think that as a support, we need to start really, really getting behind them and lifting the place and, and encouraging them. And rather than after 41 seconds, starting with the, the, the shouts, oh, here we go again, and 
because it does, as you say, it, it filters onto the park and it makes players nervous and it makes them play within themselves, you know, and rather than taking a, a, a chance on, on playing a pass to put someone through that's a bit touch and go, they'll, they'll play safe and I think we need to, I do, it really got to me on Wednesday night, I must say, I, I, I just I found myself getting quite ir- irritated by it, just a lot of negativity and I, I, I think we need to, we need to fix it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see, where, we'll see where we end up. Sure, coming back to you, the, you know, I know it was a bit of a slack performance on Wednesday. As I said earlier on, I felt for a while that when we come back from international breaks, uh, when we came back from the winter break last season, obviously we lost that game at Kilmarnock. It seems to be something that's almost endemic in this side, that when we come, we build up a good steam of momentum, and whenever there's a break in that, when we come back, it's gone. You know, we're not the same team, and it takes us a good four or five weeks to get up and running again. Have you got any explanation as to why that is? Because it looks to me like at Celtic, it's the other way about. You know, they seem to come back from breaks refreshed and ready to go, whereas we come back looking a bit like we're, we're trying to get up to speed again. Good question. It's, I must admit, I, I haven't really got an answer for it. I'm, I'm, I'd imagine it uh, puzzles the, the management team just as much as, as it does us because um, you're, you're right. I mean, whether it's international breaks or, or winter breaks, we do seem to struggle to, to get our foot back on the gas afterwards, but then you look quite as sharp. Um, and I mean, in terms of the last two winter breaks, I mean, last year obviously we signed Davis and Defoe, and I mean, the manager decided to pitch them in right away. Clearly, the, the Cowden Beef game was cancelled, and the first game back was uh, was Kilmarnock, and, and things didn't really go very well in that game. Um, and this year, obviously, after after the winter break, we've, we've lost uh, Tav, we've not had um, we've not had Morelos, and then obviously Wednesday we didn't have Jack either. And I think Jack hasn't been himself recently anyway, and he's maybe been feeling the injury. Davis hasn't really been himself either. So I, th- I think you can probably put it down just to. I mean, if any team loses two or three of their best players, or the two or three of their best players are only playing well, then by the, by that very extension, the, the rest of the side are going to maybe lose a bit of confidence. And I think that's probably the, the easiest answer because I mean, people have been talking about it, the winter breaks too hard, and it's like too much like a sort of preseason, too much uh, hard work and running and things like that, and the team look tired and jaded when they come back. I, I didn't really put much uh, truck in that, to be honest. I, I just think it's pro- possibly a, a mentality thing. I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any issues with, uh, about the team's mentality. Or uh, generally speaking, I, I think they've they've proven themselves to, that they have got the belief in themselves to to win games and win important games. And um, they've done that time after time, whether it's in Europe uh, against Celtic or or even against Aberdeen, who we're playing tomorrow, obviously. So. Um, but it is, it is a concern. There's, there's no doubt about it, and it's something that, that the management team need to, to look at and try and find a, a solution for. And I, I, to be honest, I, I think it just comes with, with more games and, and more experience for the guys that haven't been involved in title races or haven't won trophies before or been involved with successful teams. That they just playing for Rangers is, is something entirely different. You have to win every single game, or the, the fans are right against you. You know, and, and it's. Uh, it's tough, and and I imagine it will take any player, and even good players, time to, to get up to speed and understand that and cope with that weight of expectation. So, I'm kind of hoping now that um, we've had a, we've had a, a few bad games, uh, a bit better on Wednesday, got a good result, and that's what we needed. And now, hopefully, we can take that into tomorrow, um, getting the benefit of signing two new players, um, and uh, hopefully the fans will be a wee bit more confident. If we can get a good win tomorrow. A good win on Wednesday, and I'm pretty pretty sure that the the, the, the team will, will be back to, to playing how we've we've seen them play for the, the vast majority of the season so far. Uh, just to just to follow up on on what Stephen said earlier, that's the official club account now announced that uh, Canberra signed. There's photos there with, of of him standing with his jersey. Looks like the number twenty three's got him and Stephen Gerrard standing at the training centre. So that's confirmed. Uh, and as Stephen said earlier on, it looks like that could be. The last uh, movement inwards, anyway, uh, for for this deadline day for Rangers. Uh, going back to Ross County, Stephen, one player that's that's sort of taken a wee bit of stick, and and some of it, 
I would say is, is, is justified. You know, his performances have been a wee bit up and down, and that's Shea Ojo. I thought he played really, really well on Wednesday and was, you know, quite direct and caused a lot of problems. It was good to see, you know, he seemed to, to get a bit of confidence from it. You know, with with, with some of the movement that's came today, obviously we had you coming in as well today, you know, is that something that he maybe needs, you know, someone holding his feet against the fire to try and uh, lift his performance levels a wee bit? Because there's been wee flashes that, that, that there might be a player there, but I, I just don't think he's shown them often enough so far. I'll come back and call him because Steve is saying his, wee, his lad has uh, been, been sick, unfortunately, so he's going to be uh, dealing with him for the next few minutes. So, All right. Uh, it's just... Um, you're right about Ojo. I mean, I, th- I think throughout this season, there's been wee bits and pieces where you can see that the, the guy's got a lot of talent and a lot of quality. Unfortunately, the, the, those moments are few and far between. And, and, and maybe it's one of the biggest problems is he hasn't been playing regularly enough, certainly not recently. Um, but I, I think he was one of our better players the other night there. Um, he looked a bit hungrier to get on the ball. Um, he worked harder off the ball and defensively as well. And um, I, I thought he did did okay. I mean, I don't think he was he was excellent by any manner of means, but he was he was arguably better than what Kent was, for example. Um, so I, I, I'm, I, it's it's tough because we, we do we need we need players to 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 hit the ground running and, and be playing all the time, playing well all the time. We can't afford guys just to be doing it once out every three games. It has to be every every game, or you know so. Um, and he's definitely got to find it tough now because, I mean, Aribo's obviously had that right-hand uh, side number 10 position um, to self recently. I mean, he didn't start getting lost County. I think he was probably rested more than anything else. And it might well be that the manager might want to move him back one into the, the sort of deeper three anyway with Jack being injured. Um, and, I mean, Davis was complaining a sore back uh, during the week as well. So, um, it, Ojo's definitely got an opportunity to, to get into that right-hand position, but... It's unlikely now. I think with um, with Haji signing, I think he's probably going to be the the man that the manager will be looking to to play most often. I doubt he'll start tomorrow. I think if, if he's on the bench, that'll probably be uh, most likely. So it, it it might well be Ojo um, does does play again tomorrow. It just depends on on who is available um, and and the manager thoughts. So it's it's uh, it's just good to have some more options now. And I mean, every player now has to play well, and if they don't play well, then there should be other guys ready to come in. I mean, and as I said earlier, that's been the problem. Guys like Ojo and Jones and Barker, they've not really done the business when they when they have come into the team um, often enough, unfortunately. So um, I, I think we, it, we've, we've got a strong 11 or probably 14, 15 players. I think if we lose two or three, then clearly it can cause us um, issues with momentum and, and, and quality through 90 minutes. And Certainly, when you're playing three games a week, it, it's, that's problematic. So we'll need we'll need guys like Ojo to step up. There's no doubt about it uh, between now and the end of the season. So I think if the, the fans can stay behind the guys and uh, and uh, and support them through when they're, when they're having that uh, bad moment or a few minutes on the park, then I think it's a bit better, better for everyone. And and Ojo probably typifies that. I'm just seeing Stevie's back now, so you can come to Stevie for the next point. Mate. <laughs> Are you back, Stephen? Sorry about that, guys. No, there's no bother. Stairs, I went up and the wee fella had spewed everywhere. And they say that daddies can't do the job. I changed his bed in about two seconds. So I'm back. Apologies about that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's no bother. It's no bother. Did you give him some of that, that Charlie chicken? Is that what it was? Yeah. No. Um, and that's <laughs> what all, so. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, right, I'll come to you this one then, Stephen. Uh, sort of final sort of comment on the, the Ross County game. I think there's been a feeling amongst most supporters that, you know, without Morelos in there, I mean, I know Defoe got the the goal and he, he, he had the assist for Scott Arfield, but there is this feeling that we're a weaker side when 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 Defoe's in there. It just I, I don't know what it is. It, we just don't look as potent. Uh, is, is that what makes the sort of movement for a striker today all the more important? And obviously Defoe's injured as well now. You know, he's out for a considerable period of time is it is that really important then that we got that striker in because I, I, I felt I know he's got three goals in four games or something and as I said they got the assist but we just don't look as as slick a team uh, when Defoe's in there and I think he, he does his best stuff 
coming off the bench with sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes to go. You know, I think asking them to play 90 minutes, you know, over a prolonged period of time, it's a big ask of them, I think. Well, before I, I kind of give my opinion on the strikers, I just want to say that I think James Tavernier is a bigger miss than most in the team. The amount that James gives us going forward, the crossing, um, his set pieces, and the overall leadership that Tav brings, we always hear that he's not a captain, he's not that, not that, but James Tavernier drives Rangers on incredibly well. He, he, he will power on, he will you know, effectively drive the team on. And we go back to the games like against Kilmarnock when we really needed that winner the last 10 minutes. He drove us on and he adds a balance to the team that we don't have when, for example, Flanagan is there. Now, Polster was a wee bit better, but Polster, again, isn't Tav. And that's not a criticism. I thought Polster had an, a, a good game. I thought he'd done fine. And I think he can probably grow into his position. I'd actually like to see him in midfield. But... Um, I think that Tav adds a different dimension, a good balance with Borna as well. You take that out. But I also think as well, I think we're being harsh on Defoe, and I've said that to a lot of people. It shows how fickle we are, because one minute we're all delighted that he signed an extension, and the next after we beat Hearts, he's rubbish and he's not good enough. It's not the case. I think the case is that Morelos is, for me, a world-class striker. His movement is incredible. His finishing this year has been top class. You only have to look at him in the Europa League goals in Feyenoord. His two headers were wonderful. His volley at home to Porto. He really has been brilliant. If you take somebody of that quality out of our team, Rangers are always going to dip. We're always going to suffer. And the other night against Ross County, not only did we not have Morelos, we didn't have Jack and we didn't have Tav. That's arguably more or less three of our best players. Now, you take three of the best players out of any team, I think we struggle and I think we dip. So... I'm not sure what, obviously, I've missed what, what Stuart and what your comments were on the game, but I thought Rangers were not good, but I thought we got the job done and I thought in the circumstances where we needed a victory to get back on the horse, so to speak, I thought we did fine. And it was a clean sheet. I don't remember McGregor having a save. They had a couple of shots that went wide or whatever, but they weren't ever troubling us. And I was quite happy with it. Get the job done, get the win, get the clean sheet and up the road. Yes, it can be... 10 times better and we can play better but for me it was very much job done and, and going back to the strikers I'm really disappointed Defoe can add so much to us I'm, I'm pretty gutted for him that he's going to be out four or five weeks um, it actually looks like and the reason why they've, they're, they've brought Camberry in and, and they maybe will still go into the free market is because it looks at Defoe might actually be out until April because the way the fixtures work with international breaks if he, you're talking about minimum four weeks five six to get him going by the time that happens in international, you're talking about April time. So it's really critical that we that we do bring somebody in and it's not one that you can rush back. And I just think that Defoe is such a good weapon to have, 65, 70 minutes, especially as well if Alfredo's on a, on a booking, which the way he is refereed as possible. But overall, quite happy to have come through the other night. I'm, I'm gutted that Defoe's injured. Um, yes, he doesn't add as much as, as Morelos, but... I think that's because Morelos is so good, in my opinion. I don't think that's a slight on Defoe in any way. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not in any way trying to play down the importance of Defoe in the team, but I think when you consider he's 38-year-old, uh, and I think we're, I think your system is so set up to, to a striker like Morelos, you know, someone who, you know, likes a physical battle and goes looking for the ball, whereas I, I think... I, I think essentially the way you feed those two strikers are, are very, very different. And I think the way we are set up is more suited to, to, to Morelos' game than Defoe's game. And also, you know, as Stephen Gerrard alluded to about Defoe, he's not going to be here forever. You know, I mean, he's 38 now. And I think his injury is a sign of that. You know, he's running for the ball and he's, he's, he's had two or three games on the trot and something in his calf goes. Uh, I, I, I thought the Harps game showed a couple of times you know, just there was there was one occasion in the first half and he was clean through and he, and he got caught fairly easily. Uh, I, I think he'd, I think he's he's a great player to have in a squad and I think he's, you know, the type of player that once the game is starting to slow down and and the, the players that are on the park have got maybe 60, 70 minutes in their legs and there's there the tempo and the pace of the game slowing down. I think that's when the folk can come in and do his, his his thing. I think asking them to play consistently 90 minutes or so for four, five, six, seven, eight games or whatever. I think that's asking a lot of a 38-year-old, of a I, I, I must be honest. But 
I, I would never try and deny, you know, how good he's been. And I also think he adds something to Morelos. I think behind the scenes at training, I think Morelos is, is benefiting a lot from, from having somebody like the four around him. Yeah, so I, I need to try and see I wasn't in any way having a having a go at the four at all. Not in any not, not nothing like that at all. I just feel he's he's got to be managed a different way and he's he's got to, I think that he can only play a certain amount of minutes, you know, most games. Uh, but I think we've we've covered the, the Ross County game there, guys. So we'll go into the, the sort of big stuff today. It's half ten now, an hour and a half uh, of the window left. If you've just joined us here on the, the podcast live, uh, it's been confirmed that Canberra has has joined the club on loan. That uh, Chris Jack announced it a few minutes ago. The club account has now announced it, and there's photos there of him and Gerard with the, the number twenty three jersey. So we've got two ends. We've got two confirmed ends. Uh, Stuart, the, the the boy Hadji. Now I'm I'm old enough to remember his dad, and I only found out today I actually seen his dad. I, I knew he played for Stowe Bucharest in sort of. 878 in the European Cup, Stouber Crest put us out in the quarterfinals. He was part of that very, very impressive side. I'd completely forgot he played against us uh, when he was at Galatasaray as well. And I was there that night, so I've actually seen him in the flesh, but I, I totally I totally forgot I'd, I'd, I'd seen the guy in the flesh. Uh, in, in terms of his laddie, you know, he's, he's went to Genk last year for about, I think it was about eight million pound, eight million euros or something like that. It would appear that things are maybe not quite working out over there, but surely, I mean, he, he seems to me that he's, he's going to be quite a skillful player. And I know he's only young, but I mean, if he's fifty percent the player that his dad was, we've, we've surely got someone that's improved the quality of the squad. I think it's exactly the type of player we needed. Um, I, I think it's been, as I said earlier, it's been pretty obvious. Our, our, um, our sort of creative players haven't been quite uh, firing lately and we maybe had a, a wee bit of lack of depth there. It didn't help that, that uh, Greg Stewart got injured um, just after the the, um, the winter break as well, unfortunately, because he was doing okay and I think, I think he would have been playing the last three or four games if if, um, if he had been fit. But in terms of Hadji, as I say, I think I think he's an ideal signing. He's, he's at a good age. He's actually played 100 or just around about 100 professional games now. So he's, he's, he's fairly experienced, despite the fact he's only... He's only 21. I mean, to put it in, in, in uh, to compare it and to the likes of Ojo, Ojo has not played as many games as that. And um, it's, 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 I think it's, 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 it's you're looking for somebody that can come in and, and is experienced in first-team football. He's obviously played at international level with um, with Romania now as well. So, and I, I think just the qualities he's going to bring. I mean, he's two-footed. Um, We've all seen the, the, the YouTube videos already, how, how exciting he is in terms of his dribbling, in terms of beating a man, his passing is excellent. Um, what I, I took for some of these videos actually was the amount of uh, passes he was making for, for deeper areas into strikers and and uh, in, in tight areas. And if, if, if that's exactly the type of thing we need, because you see in recent games, I mean, Stranraer at, at Ibrox, um, not so much Ross County, but Samirin for sure that. Teams are, are playing with, with, I mean, they've got the goalkeeper and they've effectively got a, a, a bank of six and then a bank of three, you know, and they even have a striker half the time up the pitch. So it's, I'm not bored what anybody says. You can be Barcelona, you can struggle to break down teams like that. It isn't even easy at all. So the more creative players and the imaginative players and guys that have got the quality that can, they can play 30, 40 yard quick direct passes into feet or into space, it, it makes a huge difference. So as I say, I, I think the fans needed a lift and that uh, the signing of Janos definitely uh, does that because he's he's an exciting young player. Uh, the potential's there. Um, I'm expecting him to say I don't think he'll start tomorrow. I think he'll be on the bench, but I'll, I'd be surprised if he didn't play a, a, a decent part in the game, uh, depending on how it goes. And uh, I think that that'll hopefully put a stamp on on him playing more regularly for the rest of the season, uh, because I, I think he's he could be a great player for us. I'm really excited by it. I mean, it's, it's the type of player you want to go watch at football games is, is these exciting young, young lads. And, and it's even better the fact that we have this exclusive um, option on them to, to be able to sign them in the summer if all goes well. And, and at £4 million, that seems reasonable. Um, I mean, we paid £7 million for Kent. Um, we played, what, £2 million for Gresda. So there's there's sort of room in the middle to to find the potential uh, and and no go over the score um, financially, so it's it's all good uh, from my point of view, and I just I just can't wait to see the guy uh, play in the flesh. To be honest, 
Stephen, sorry, I was trying to unmute my mic there. Uh, Stephen, with, with regards to Canberra, which obviously you, you exclusively revealed earlier on uh, on the show tonight, I mean, he's he's been okay at Hibs, I think. You know, he's he's had periods of when he's been uh, quite prolific, and then other times he's he sort of struggles a wee bit. And looking at some of the comments on Twitter today, you know, some Rangers fans were quite keen on him coming, others were kind of not so impressed, and there was sort of talk of London Dykes as well. Personally, I think that could have been a, a, a good option for Rangers as well. Uh, but, I mean, for, for, for a secondary striker, it, it surely represents value. And let's not forget, we, we, we have something in common with Canberra. Uh, we, we hate Neil Lennon. So surely from that point alone, it's it's a, it's a decent sign. Um, well... The latter goes without saying. Nobody really likes Neil Lennon. I don't think his players he, he will like him. You know, you've seen the way he acted during the week to one of them. But I'm not here to talk about him. He doesn't deserve the airtime. So, Camberry. Camberry's an interesting one because I like him. I think he's a decent player. He's certainly always dangerous when when he's against you. Um, but as the old adage, you know, when you come to Rangers, it's a different type of game. You don't get space. Teams sit in. They just hack you down. We've seen it with guys like Jordan Jones and even, well, maybe not Barker because I was never in favour of Barker, but you've seen some people saying he's quick and he'll, he's got a trick or two or whatever, and the same with Jones, but these guys haven't thrived because you don't get that space. Whereas you've seen Jones maybe in, in Copenhagen when we played out there, that um, he done really well for, for breaking away and stuff. So Camberry's one of these ones where he's got the potential to do very well or he's got the potential to do exactly the same as Jones. So and that's no slight in Jones. I don't want to be overcritical of him. I just think that, you know, he's not suited to wearing our jersey because of the way teams play against us. So, <clears throat> Camberry's one for me. I'm glad he's here. He'll, he'll be a different option. He can play out wide. He can play 10. He can play in the, the front man as well. And we're going to need that option. Um, so, it's just a case of you know, hoping that he hits the ground running and hoping that he gets going. I mean, his comments are certainly positive. I don't think he's going to be going back to Hibs anytime soon. He's basically quoted as saying that ever since he came to, to Scotland, he's, he's wanted a move to Rangers and Ibrook's the best um, stadium he's ever played in. So he said all the right things. Um, we just got to hope that he, as I said, that he hits the ground running and um, and he plays a part. He's certainly got the capabilities of it, in my opinion. In terms of the other potential striker we're going for today, uh, was it Vidra Burnley? You, you were saying earlier on there that you think the club are not happy about something with regards to that potential deal. Are you, are you able to elaborate on that? Stephen Gerrard spoke to um, Mataj Vedry. Is that you, I hope that's how you pronounce it. Burnley striker. I'm probably glad he's not coming because I'm terrible with names, but... <laughs> Me and, you, me and you together, to be honest with you, Stephen. I'm not very good at either. Well, we spoke to him several times yesterday. The deal was was as good as done. And, you know, a lot of a lot of people were, were quite confident about it. It was one of those ones where other teams were even trying to get him. And it was one of these ones where you, you don't say anything. So it was just a matter of, of waiting until it comes out. And it was actually leaked from Burnley's own end. It was Burnley that leaked the deal. It was a a coach at Burnley and it fed its way onto Twitter and before you knew it it was on Rangers Media and then on Follow Follow and journalists picked it up from there so it was a, it was one of the ones we had I mean I, I put out last night there could be potentially three deals and we, we knew about this name look and that's an easy thing to say now but I think people have, have known the account now for, for two years or so when, if I don't know something I say and if I, I do I do it was one of these ones where we were told don't say anything um, other teams are in for him so just wait I didn't think much of this boy I've got to be honest a couple of years ago yes but he's, he's not really played in a few years but everybody that, that I kind of spoke to seemed to rate him after the news broke people were pretty excited but going back to it, the deal for us was done you know Burnley said you know he's coming and, and then it stagnated earlier they, they wanted to bring somebody in. Then they said they weren't going to bring somebody in. And by the time that they eventually decided that it wasn't happening late around four o'clock, um, it's, it's been 
no time for us to do anything after that. So I think that's where we're pretty pretty miffed and pretty annoyed. We would certainly have liked to have brought in a, a, a number nine and, and meant that Camberry could have played either side and possibly behind the front man. But that's now obviously not happened. Um, as I said last night, potentially three deals in, they were certainly looking for a striker. So that's disappointing from that side, but that's Burnley's prerogative. So, yeah, we can be upset and things like that. But as football it happens, um, and we'll just need to to go with what we've got. It doesn't, by what the boys are now saying, and, and even in the last 10, 15 minutes, despite the reports tonight, it doesn't look like there'll be any more business at all. It looks like we're prepared to just go with what we've got. So it's going to be Morelos, Camberry and Stewart as our, our forward options for the next kind of um, couple of months minimum. Um, so we'll just, we'll just need to take it as we, as it comes. But I think it's absolutely vital that if we're lucky enough to be in a position that games are won 60, 65 minutes, they just get Morelos off because he now becomes absolutely invaluable, even if he wasn't before. So we just need to watch what we're doing and, and manage to score properly. But I'm sure the management knows exactly what they're doing. Sure, and you know, we've sort of covered the ends there, you know, we've got Hadji in and, and Camberry in, and there was nearly another one coming through the door, as Stephen elaborated to there. But there's been a couple of uh, goings out the way. Now, Greg Stewart, uh, sorry, Greg Doherty is on his on his way to Hibs uh, on loan. It's kind of feeling that, like the time is running out in this boy's Rangers career, you know. It feels like this is the last loan move, you know, if he comes back after this and it doesn't work out, the next move will be a permanent one. Is that how it feels to you? I I, I think um, for whatever reason, I don't think Gerard rates him. I think um, I think if he was going to have one last chance, I think he might have played on, on Wednesday because obviously um, Kamara had a, had a the, the proverbial nightmare at Tynecastle. And, and, uh, I mean, it's fair enough that the, the manager stood by him and, and rather drop him at the first line of a bad game. Uh, but no, I, I don't think Docherty's going to make it at Rangers now, unfortunately. However, he's got a great chance to to, to go to Hibs and, and, and prove uh, Gerard and the rest of us wrong. Um, I, I think it's a good move for him. I think Hibs are a decent team um, and they've got a good manager. Um, if if Docherty can play regularly, then um, that, that pressure is off a wee bit and he can show what he can do there. And and you can never say never in, in this game. I mean, look at Poster. He was pretty much out the door um, a couple of weeks ago. And now is, well, probably for maybe for one more game, he's going to be our first choice right back. And um, with, with Tav being back to, to fitness, uh, thank goodness. So it's uh, football, can, it's a funny old game, as they say. And uh, he, he, he might go to Hibs and be outstanding. And you might be thinking, why the hell did he not get a chance at us? But I, I think it's it's looking done for Doherty now. And I think the, the writing's on the wall for, for, for others like Barker and, and Jones as well. And, it's it's entirely up. I mean, Barker and Jones are lucky they're still here, so they can only knuckle down in training, uh, show the right attitude, and try and get themselves back into the team. Um, it won't be easy, but I mean, it never would be easy to, to come to Rangers or be everybody be playing for us. So it's uh, it's I, I think this competition for places is good. I'm, I'm quite pleased we signed two players. I only thought we'd maybe just sign sign one. To be honest, um, I, I didn't. I'm not convinced we needed three, possibly with the four being injured, but. To get in uh, Camberry and and, uh, and Hadji is, is good business. I, unlike Stevie, I like Camberry. I think he's uh, anytime I've seen him play against us and for Hibs, he's, he's, he's done well. And um, I think he's played a bit deeper this season, a bit wider. So maybe if, if he, when he's playing for us, he'd be back up top. And because he, he's a good finisher, he's, he's quick, he's tall. So um, there's again, he's only 20, what, 23, 24 years old and playing for Albania now as well internationally. So he's. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of potential there to be extracted, and I'm quite happy with the squad now. Um, it's just a case let's 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 get the job done, and uh, whether uh, who's playing and who isn't, it doesn't really make much difference now. Yeah, I'll come back to you, Stuart, on Lewis Mayo as well. Before I before I finish this off, I'll, I'll go to Stephen to discuss uh, Jordan Jones and a couple of other things. I'll come back to you, Lewis Mayo. Yeah, he's went out today till the end of the season to Partick Thistle now. You know, we were saying about Greg Doherty that this seems like a, a move that's probably the foundation, a permanent move. You know, it looks like time's running out. Kind of get a different feeling with this one. It kind of feels like this is part of the boys' development to get them out there and get them game time and, and see what it takes them. 
Aye, aye. I, I think uh, I, I think he's still young enough to to go out alone and and impress the manager and come back. But I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. I've got a lot of sympathy for these young guys at Rangers. It's really really hard. You really have to be the top quality to to force your way into the team. I mean, look at the the, the four set and halves that we've got. I mean, Mayo's played. I think he's played a couple of games set and half or friendlies. Um, but I think he's got to part it more with a view to playing in in midfield alongside Bud Jonas actually. Um, but for these guys to try and get into Rangers too is incredibly difficult. So all they can do is go and take these loans on and, and, and show the manager that they're hungry and, and, and determined to do well. I mean, Steve, young Stephen Kelly, I've always liked him and I've seen him play for the young team and he's doing well at air for United in the, in the Championship. So as I say, this is all part of your development now is to go out on these loans, get experience, play, play well and, and, and show the manager that you're capable of dealing with uh, first-team football um, and full-time football. It's not, it isn't easy for everybody. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got drink, you've got women, whatever you want to talk about. It's always peer pressure that's always got to take your mind off, off the ball. And uh, it's only the best of them that they've got the mentality to, to ignore that and, and concentrate on their football. And that's what that's uh, something that I'm sure Lewis may all be looking to do at Partick. It's, it's a great move. It's just... The good thing about playing for Partick is it's just uh, another side of the cloud for Ibrox, so you'll be able to train with uh, with us now and again as well, I'd imagine. So um, hopefully it'll work out for the lad and uh, and, and we'll see him back at Ibrox uh, next year or, or in the next two or three years um, and play for us. Stephen, the, the, earlier on this week, I mean, obviously as, as it builds up to the you know the transfer deadline day, you get you get all the rumours, and and as the month has been going on, it's getting it's getting stronger to you know, towards the end of the month. This week, there was a lot of talk uh, about Jordan Jones and Barker, you know, that the club were almost, not even just actively, aggressively trying to, you know, get these two punted on. Now, with Barker, uh, I mean, I thought he had a good game against Porto uh, over there in, in, in the Europa League match. I thought he played quite well. I, th- I thought the system we played that night suited them. But other than that, it has really flattered to deceive at times. There's been no odd glimpse here and there, but overall, I think you're expecting more. The Jones one surprises me a wee bit, and it seems to me that there's there's definitely an issue there between Jordan Jones and Steven Gerrard. But he was very, very critical of him after that sending off against Celtic in September. Uh, and now Jones sent in the ball for for Morelos when you know when we, we scored that goal to, to, to qualify for the Europa League. So he, he, he has had one sort of major in, incident already at Rangers. You know, he's, he's he's contributed significantly in that sense. But it seems to me that, I mean, I don't know anything, obviously, but it feels like there's a deteriorating relationship there between Gerard and Jones and that no matter what he does now, it seems to me that he's, he's, his future looks... About ropey eyebrows, to say the least. I think I've been vocal in saying before that um, Stephen Gerrard was, was less than impressed, and he, he certainly had words with Jones after his red card. Not so much for what he'd done, you know. I think Gerrard's had a few stupid moments in his career as well, but when you back that up, you know, you can get away with it. But that cost Jordan Jones three months, he cost him Europe, and it cost us potentially you know, a decent option at a time where he was looking or beginning to look like he could be a player. Um, I don't know if there's there's other issues. I've certainly not heard anything and I wouldn't want to kind of speculate on that because it's unfair, but it is. The fact that Jake Hastie's been recalled as well would also suggest that there's an issue, no? Well, I wouldn't think so. Um, Jake Hastie's was, was completely different. He didn't have a good time down in Rotherham, didn't go on with the manager, so that was really kind of forced into our hands as well. So I don't think that's got anything to do with, you know, recalling him in terms of, you know, to replace Jones or or Barker or anything. I think basically Rangers have made the decision that these guys weren't impressing. So if anyone come in for them, then they would go. But the problem is they've given Barker such a, a hefty contract and four years long that he might be one that, that we don't manage to put out on loan or, or whatever, but, there's been no interest this month. There was slight interest in Jones and things like that, but it never really materialised. So these guys have got to get out playing. I don't. I don't see them getting much first team football anymore. I don't think. I don't see Barker getting any game time. To be quite honest, I think he's so far out the picture now. When you consider the rivals of, of of Hadji and Camberi, then you've got Ryan Kent, then you've got Arabo. 
all taking up these kind of wider positions. I, I, I don't think there's room for these guys now, but as pointing back to what Stuart said, you know, a, a short time ago, Polster was dead and buried. Polster, you know, was told that he could go out on loan and and um, he, he could leave the club and, and look at him now. You, you probably look at Polster slotting into midfield tomorrow if um, if Tav's back. I mean, that's a, that's a possibility. So he's, football's one of these ones where you can never write anybody off. And I think it's wrong to kind of say that. I mean, look at, look at Borna Barisic. I was Borna's least fan. I mean, I I thought he had no heart and I thought he had nothing about him. Um, and, and I certainly, when the rumours about Napoli last summer coming in for him for, for quite a significant sum, I was I was all for, for getting rid. And it just shows you, I mean, look at his turnaround. He's now been rewarded with a new contract, which he thoroughly deserves, and he's, he's playing like he is Croatia's left-back. So... I think that taught me a wee bit, you know, we, we can't be too harsh, we can't be too judgmental and it's never really over because it just takes one 45 minutes or one 90 minutes or one goal to change your Rangers career. So although I do think these guys are out of the picture, I don't see much game time for them. I don't think you can rule them out completely anymore. Yeah, can't disagree with that. I think, I think the Barisic is, is, is a good example of someone uh, turning a career around, you know, I was with you. That was the biggest criticism I kind of had. Uh, Barisic, I just thought he had he had no heart for it. You know, he, he looked quite feeble at times, and uh, I don't want to say that goal at St. Mirren was a turning point, but it was it certainly helped. You know, maybe his performances were improving slightly anyway, and that just gave him extra confidence. But that certainly seemed to be a pivotal moment in he's sort of recovery so yeah you've got a point you know you just you just never know players can turn it around guys conscious of time you know we're nine minutes on the clock so Stuart I'll come to you uh, on another incident this week a, a rather dodgy one at that uh, the, 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 the incident with Alfredo Morelos and someone uh, quote unquote tampering with his car uh, now we have to be careful what we're saying here because it's it's, it's an ongoing it's now a, a, a criminal investigation. Someone was charged today uh, for breach of the peace for the incident. So I don't want to say too much, but it's surely a, another reflection of the, the, the sort of treatment and what this guy has to put up with on a, probably on a daily basis. You know, there was a footage uh, a few weeks ago there, you know, he was standing in Glasgow City Centre and he, he received some sectarian abuse, just standing with, with one of his friends and someone shouts out a car window at him. You know, you've, you've, you've had other bits and bobs here and there, and, and and even the way the press, you know, the the Bill Lecky stuff, you know, referring to him as a waster and all that, you know, that this incident through the week, it's just another example of what this boy uh, has to put up with on, an, as I said, on an almost daily basis. Unfortunately, I, I mean, it, it happens uh, for time to time with Scottish football. I mean, that you, you have morons out there that that react to to what they read in the papers or and what they see at games when it really shouldn't be the case. I mean, as you mentioned, it's a, a live legal case, so we can't really speculate on it. I mean, um, who knows what the, the, the guy was up to, but it was certainly a a, a dreadful situation for Morelos and for his, his, his pregnant uh, wife who who had to deal with it. So it's it's beyond a joke. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, what, what upset me most was the, the reaction afterwards is people uh, poking fun at it and it didn't happen. And then you had the uh, Radio Scotland. I mean, I like listening to Radio Scotland in the morning. I think the news programme's really good on the way to my work. And, and they were just making, make, having a, a good wee giggle at it. I mean, it's just a nonsense. If that was Lee Griffiths or Neil Lennon, you, you wouldn't be hearing the end of it right now. There'd be stuff in the parliament and, and, and what have you. It would be uh, all over the papers um, for, for the last few days. And, and nobody would be making making any any jokes that's for sure so it's it's a bit of a shame it's more it's more than a bit of shame it's 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 disgraceful but until we actually know exactly what's happened then i didn't really think it's worth speculating but the, it's, it's just as, I say, as you mentioned the, the the treatment Morelos gets is is unacceptable and all we can do as rangers supporters is back the laddie and he's never let us down uh, in terms of his goal scoring, and and uh, I, I was quite pleased with him the other night there when he came on. I thought he looked quite sharp, having not played for uh, the best part of a month. Uh, so it was it was good to see him back in the team, and and what a better way for him to react uh, tomorrow and, and to to grab a, a goal or two against the Dons. 
and we'll finish up on that uh, Stephen Aberdeen game tomorrow we, we chat about that how are you feeling about that I mean Aberdeen not just one of those teams I mean we, we, we absolutely spanked them earlier on in the season at Ibrox 5-0 uh, and then we, we ran over the top of them at Petodre 2-0 up in Cruz and then yeah, we just kind of lost our way a wee bit for the last sort of half hour or so and, and ended up dropping a couple of points uh, but how do you see it going tomorrow? An opportunity to lift, you know, the performance levels and get a good result. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the crowd will be up for it tomorrow. I think you know Tav back, Mariello starting. Um, I think that immediately lifts everybody. There's a lot more kind of positivity. You've got Haji then on the bench. You know, he'll be coming out to warm up and things. Should imagine the excitement levels will be high. So I think that the crowd will be much more up for it. It's a Saturday as well at three o'clock. We don't get many, so I definitely think the crowd will be up. And that in turn will, will, raise, will raise our performance and raise our game. And we're going to have to because they won't come and lie down. Um, we got them at a really opportune time at, when we beat them 5 0 at Ibrox, in that they had a lot of injuries and things like that. Um, as far as I'm aware, that I, I mean, I don't pay much attention to anyone in Scottish football, but. Um, as far as I'm aware, that they're pretty much at full strength. So they're going to be difficult. They've won at Ibrox um, against Stephen Gerrard a, a couple of times. So it's one of these games where we need to be up for it. But I do see a Rangers victory. I, I see a, a, a kind of 3-0 victory tomorrow. Um, so I need to remember and, and do my predictor on the Gersnet site. But, um, yep, yeah, I, I think we'll be fine tomorrow. I'm hoping that, that now that we've got that win in the bed, under the belt, that we'll get a wee bit of momentum going and the lift that the new guys will bring to the team as well. So I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. It's going to be good. Uh, we've got a good day planned. Um, football, we, we trip to the cinema to see bad boys and a wee meal with the missus later on. So looking forward to it. I hope the Bears do the business. Otherwise, the cinema and that's not going to be much fun. <laughs> what about you, Stuart? Confident for tomorrow? Aye, I am. Um, I, I think, uh, like Stevie says, I think uh, that tomorrow's a, a, a completely different game for Ross County on Wednesday. I mean, it was it was teaming doom rain, it was blowing a, a gale. I mean, I, I, the pitch isn't in the, in the best of condition. The weather's been dreadful for the last, uh, what, six, eight weeks in terms of rain. So, Ibrox isn't looking as good as what it normally is. And, uh, I noticed that on Wednesday night, actually. Uh, I thought the park was looking a bit threadbare uh, at certain uh, parts. No, so, I, I think, I mean, Tincastle was the same. Tincastle was in dreadful condition. The good thing is Ibrox still fairly flat and, and the ball still runs true in terms of passing it. So, um, I, I, but I, as, as, as we say, I think a Saturday kick was different. It's Aberdeen. It's a big, always a big game. Always a... Uh, Usually a good atmosphere for all the folks. Aberdeen fans will be singing, uh, certainly to begin with. I hope we, 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 we quieten them up quick enough with uh, an early goal or two. Um, but it, it will only be easy, uh, that's for sure, as, as, as we've touched on. We've not been playing great, but um, that's been three games now since the, the winter break. So I think any excuses of not having any sharpness is, is uh, wearing thin now. I think the team need to to, uh, to, to get on the front foot tomorrow. Um, and take our chances. Um, I think that the fans are going to get excited. I think we've got to have options for the bench. Uh, we're having Tav back, whether he starts or starts on the bench. That's going to make fans a bit more confident as well, as much as his post have been doing good. And, and it's just, a, I think it's it's just a, a great opportunity to, to sort of reboot our season tomorrow, get in, win it, and then win again on Wednesday. And I think we'll all be in, in a great mood uh, this time next week as, as we go into... To, to, to go back into the Scottish Cup. So, I mean, after one, I can't wait to get tie box tomorrow. I really cannot. It's, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to be a, a, a good day. Well, I'll go with that. I, I hope you're, you're right. I'm going to have a bit of a stressful morning of the, the boys got a game tomorrow. So, I'll be, I'll get there in time, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be tight. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, like used to, we, we, we get a good result and more importantly, the performance, you know, well, sorry, obviously the result's the most important thing, but I would really like to see a good performance tomorrow and just get the whole place lifted again because although, I mean, the Hearts game aside, we've, we've, we've came back and won most of their games, uh, I, I just feel everything about Rangers and has been a bit flat, so it'd be good to get it lifted tomorrow. Uh, and I think that's about us, guys, you know, that's us just coming up for there there, so... We'll call time on that. Uh, great show. A, a, a deadline day special episode of the Jersnet weekly podcast. Uh, big thanks to Stuart and Stephen. We exclusively revealed live on air 
uh, that uh, Camberry had signed for the Rangers. So that's that's a new one for the, the Jersnet podcast. We're, we're exclusively revealing stuff live on air now. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys. There's a show on Sunday. Uh, we'll obviously cover the Aberdeen game tomorrow and uh, we'll preview the Hibs game next Wednesday and a couple of other wee bits and bobs. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet website. There's a, uh, as I said earlier on, John McCallum has got a great preview up for the Aberdeen game. Also, uh, tune in to uh, Stephen and Chris Jack's show from earlier on today. That's on the YouTube channel, as this show will be tomorrow, uh, Saturday, sort of afternoon time. Uh, so lots happening, all free on to uh, Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. And until Sunday night, bye for now.